At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And welcome to the Lombardi Line presented by MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at South Point Casino. In fabulous Las Vegas, we're going to have the uh, the King of New York. Will Hill is going to jo- join us for our Tuesday chat uh, from New York City. There's a lot to get to, obviously, with the NBA, a big double dip in the association in the playoffs. Playoffs are really heating up right now. Wes, we're going to get to all of that in just a second. But we do have breaking news to begin the show. It's the biggest news of the day. And it is, the, in fact, that the GOAT, Tom Brady, mm-hmm is retiring from, from pro football once and for all after this year to be an analyst on yeah, Fox. Yeah, it says following his playing career, so we never know if it's this year oh, or sorry, the year be, after. But, but nevertheless, uh, Tom Brady going to be in the uh, number one booth spot, the analyst spot on Fox. Uh, likely with Kevin Burkhart, you would think, as Joe Buck is now with ESPN. Joe Davis is now the main voice of the World Series. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Burkhart, who has been uh, part of the number two team on Fox with Greg Olson, is going to get bumped up. I believe he's with Olsen this year as the number one team in terms of his analyst, but it will be TB12 taking that spot. Okay, Wes, let's just play this out a little bit. If I knew that you had another job that you were taking at some point, but mm-hmm. yet we're teammates trying to put together the best shows that we can put together here at Vison, whether it's here in the Lombardi line or you and I in a green zone on a Sunday or betting across America – does it affect the performance of the current teammates? Because I'm wondering if you're now a Buccaneer and, you, look, you got visions of grandeur. You're going to be one of the th- small favorites here to not only potentially you know, win the South, but mm-hmm. win the NFC and win the Super Bowl. Does it change at all the way you think people in that? Because you know how guys are. Right. Hey, short timer. Like we know you got one foot out the door now for real. Like, do you think anybody looks at the Bucks differently and does it affect them? And I say it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but also I do wonder, you know, I, I talk about this with fighters all the time, Wes. When I talk to, I, let's say, Ronda Rousey, before I spoke to her, I spoke to her when she was in Melbourne, the week of her losing to Holly Holm for the very first time. And I said to her, what's next? And she says, well, I hope I can go somewhere where Dana White can't find me. I knew she'd one foot mentally out the right. door. Does this say that not only is it one big foot, but we've already announced it, so this really does feel like the last hurrah, and I wonder if that's a good or bad thing. Well, I think everybody is different, obviously, in terms of their philosophy, but I wouldn't think it would affect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would think, hey, we want to go for one more ring, and look, uh, they tried to do it last year, pretty much brought everybody back, fell in the divisional round at home to the Los Angeles Rams, who made that uh, furious comeback late Mm. in the game, but... I don't think so. I think, look, uh, there is a new coach there now. It is Todd Bowles. Bruce Arians gets bumped up to the front office. So don't get me wrong. There's transition with that Tampa Bay organization. But I think, look, uh, 
there is a little bit – there's pride on that team. And I got to think, okay, we not only want to, you know, send the guy out a winner, but more importantly, we want to do it for our damn selves, you know, and not worry about what somebody else is doing. Sure. So I really don't think so. I think Tom Brady has built up enough respect and cachet, if you will, enough credibility with the boys in the locker room that they're not going to be thinking that he's like half-assing it. He's not He's not coming back if he's just going to give like a half-baked effort here. And I think this kind of, we can now read between the lines here in the tea leaves, this, this meant that Brady probably had this offer when he initially retired, mm-hmm. right? Felt like maybe people jumped the shark on him in, in way of his announcement. He thought about it, felt a certain type of way, decided to come back. And now you see those odds at minus $3 to win the South. I don't know that the Falcons nor Panthers are realistically in position to challenge. I think the Saints might be the only interesting team in the South. Right. Because, one, Dennis Allen has a great game plan against Tom Brady. Right? I mean, that, that is – we just know that. They know how to play the Buccaneers. Now, I don't know if they're good enough overall – to, to make that a viable number of 5-1, to one, but it does feel like those are the only two teams in play in the South, right? Yeah, you would think so. I just think that there's too many – too many areas that Atlanta and Carolina need to improve on that roster. They may be more competitive as a whole yeah. necessarily, but I still think the Saints might be the only challenger there. I actually did like what the Saints did in the draft. They, they went ahead and committed to Jameis Winston, yep. at least short term, gave him two years. It's Dennis Allen. So Jameis is coming back. Michael Thomas is coming back. Yeah. You know him and Sean Payton got sideways. So maybe he's looking at it as, okay, man, clean slate here. You know, I know I was on the staff with the the previous guy and maybe this is what Dennis Allen is going to be telling Michael Thomas but you know what we're starting fresh here come back ball out I like what the Saints did in the first round, getting Chris Olave out of Ohio State, also the uh, offensive tackle Penning out of Northern Iowa because they got to replace Taron Armstead, who signed a free agent deal in Miami. So you look, and I think the Saints are trying to kind of get back to where they were. I still think that this is a pretty solid defense. Dennis Allen, more of a defensive coach. But I could see this being at least a small bounce back year for the Saints. I still don't know if they have enough to take Tampa Bay in the division. Once again, repeating our lead story of the day, Tom Brady, once his football career is done, Whatever that is. He's like a fungus. He just never goes away, Tom Brady. It's always like he's got to be He's going to be right again. in your living room. He'll be yes. back in your living rooms, this time yes. talking as a lead analyst for Fox Sports. So we'll figure out when the career finally does come to an end for Tom. Terrific. It felt like things last night might be coming to an end for the Boston Celtics because through three quarters, they were in a lot of trouble up in Milwaukee. But then a huge, and I do mean huge, fourth quarter, a 43-point fourth quarter for the Seas, not only evens up the series at two games apiece, but it led to the over-cashing yesterday. And also, uh, obviously, they cover that number. They get the win outright. You didn't need the point and a half if you took uh, the Seas. One is where it closed your bet MGM. Now, all of a sudden, we got a brand-new series, two games apiece. i got to tell you what, I was surprised in the fact that when I have – a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, somebody you and I believe is the best player in the NBA. He's the face of the NBA. I know Jokic is the MVP. Congratulations. Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's your league. You got a 10-point lead, fourth quarter, and you can't hold it to take a 3-1 lead. That surprised me in the manner in which Boston came back. What was the biggest surprise to you, if at all, in that game? Dave, I've often said when talking about the Boston Celtics, especially the last few weeks in the playoffs, that uh, Al Horford, I refer to him as the adult in the room. 
And look, he goes out there, he gives you defense, he gives you rebounding, he gives you leadership. This is still a team with two emerging young stars with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have that like veteran influence. And I think Al Horford is absolutely that. But he gave you some numbers last night. Wow. 30 points and 8 rebounds hit. 5 threes, 11 of 14 from the floor. Look, he's not going to be able to stop Giannis. And by the way, you talk, you mentioned Giannis. 34 and 18 in a losing effort. I mean, you're usually going to win when he puts up those type of numbers. Yep. But Boston really, uh, you look at what they did. They outshot him uh, from two-point range. And really, the story's been Milwaukee's kind of been getting what they want at the rim because the Boston Celtics just simply do not have the size mm -hmm. to stop Giannis or, you know, if Portis can get down low or Brooke Lopez, even though they're more step out and shoot. Giannis is obviously drive to the rim and dunk on your heads. But <laughs> Boston, uh, 14 threes last night to Milwaukee's nine. And that's really been a story for the series, too, are the Milwaukee Bucks from three-point range. 33 Oof. of 113 Yikes. in the series. That is 29%. That is not going to win this seven-game no. series, so they have got to find some outside shooting, and maybe now they're feeling the effects of Middleton, even though Middleton's not really their best three-point shooter. What a good inside guy, yeah. right? He's yeah, he, opens, he certainly opens up yeah. the offense and, and changes the dynamic, but you know, all of a sudden, you got to get Grayson Allen. you got to get Pat Connaughton. you got to get Drew Holiday. You got to get Giannis to stop taking threes, too. You know, get your butt in the paint. You're the best player in the world. They mm -hmm. can't stop you at the rim. So, Giannis, uh, I would not want him to take any threes at all. And he took four last night, went 0 for 4. But, you know, these other guys have got to step up. Matthews did go 3 of 4 last night. But, uh, you know, Connaughton, Grayson Allen, uh, Drew Holiday was only 1 of 6 last night. Mm -hmm. So, these guys all got to step up. And hit some threes here because uh, that's kind of what you thought Boston. It's like, okay, they got to shoot well from the three if they're going to beat this team. And they shot okay, 14 of 37 last night. But it was really Al Horford was kind of the, the man of the hour last night, even though uh, Tatum matched him with 30 points. You're not going to get 30 every night from Al Horford, but he's such a good influence because he is the adult in the room. He is, and congratulations on just turning 25, Al Horford. I mean, he's, <laughs> no turning, he's turning back to clock. It's amazing because you go back to those great Florida teams. When you're winning national championships, all those guys are gone. Every one of them's out of the league now. And Al Horford, old man Al, just keeps turning back the clock. And every time they needed a big shot last night, mm -hmm. it was Al Horford who was really giving it to him. And you're right about Giannis. Look, he can knock down the three. We all know that. Every time he shoots a three, whether it goes in or not, that's a win for the defense. Just because you can knock down the three doesn't mean you have to try to knock down the three. Amen. Let's talk about the Warriors and Grizzlies and what a great game that turned out to be. I didn't know if it was good defense or bad offense for the majority of it. And when you look at Golden State and go, my goodness, what they had, 39 points, I believe, at halftime? I mean, you, you saw the first half from Golden State look as pedestrian as you could look. And they were down in that first half. And they were down uh, pretty much throughout this game. And then a furious comeback uh, late, and they take control late and hold on for the three-point win, 101-98. So the Grizzlies do cash those tickets if you had them at 9.5-10, and the under easily cashes here as it barely got to 199. All not 3-1 now, and no John Morant. Is this series over for all intents and yeah, it's, purposes? It's, it's about over. I think uh, the Grizzlies, that was really their you chance last night. I had them at 10.5. It closed 9.5. And, and look, uh, that should have been their game. They almost let it wire to wire. The Warriors take their first lead in the fourth quarter. I don't know. I think it was – I don't know if it was bad offense, but it was certainly bad shooting. 9-35 yes. from the three for Memphis. 9-37 from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Dylan Brooks uh, in his return from the game suspension. Very frustrating mm -hmm. performance for Grind. 
Ryan City. Five of 19 from the floor, two of nine from the outside. Uh, and look, Memphis, I think, had them. They had them beat, and then Golden State just figured it out a way, and that's what veteran teams do. Uh, I said Golden State was going to win in six. It might be in five now. Yeah, it might be. Again, this is a series I actually thought would go six or seven, and that was because, again, Yes, you, you expect John Moran to beat there. You, you can't, uh, you know, anticipate the knee injury. But they do play better defense without it. That yes. is a fact. Just the numbers show. When we come back, more NBA on these and these sports betting now. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. Again, going to have Will Hill join us a little bit later on this hour, and we'll get his thoughts certainly on the NBA playoffs today and also the golf this week at the Byron Nelson. I always like love talking golf with you guys as I try to uh, certainly tail you, Wes, and the long shots crew for some potential win- winners out there. But let's talk about the betting guide today in the NBA. And this is a pivotal now game five down in Miami because right now it's uh, Phantom of the Process is what they're calling, I've heard. Joel Embiid, the masked man, he's been spectacular in the last few games. Even if the numbers aren't exactly what you want, it's uh, what he brings to the lineup and what he's brought to the rest of that team to flip this series on its ear and get everything even after they were down 0-2 and really struggled to score in those first two games in Miami. Now the Heat, a shorter favorite at 2.5. You see the total at 209.5. Do you prefer the side or the potential total in this one? Yeah, I have not bet this as of yet. Now seeing this drip to 2.5. And And when I was on with Patrick uh, yesterday, I saw 3.5, and and then it started to leak out, even though it wasn't official. But uh, the Woj tweet in terms of... Mm. Uh, Nikola Jokic expected to win the MVP and then Sam Amick came out with the expected to have the most expensive contract five years, <laughs> 254 millions. I'm like, boy, isn't that just some fire for Joel Embiid? Wow. Isn't that some bulletin board material here? And it's being bet accordingly three and a half now down to two and a half. It would go to three and then it would go back to three and a half, but it had been hit right before we got on the air. So seeing a lot of two and a halves out there, including at BetMGM, look, uh, when you look at it, this is this is now a series. And yeah. I think Joel Embiid, despite the fact that maybe the numbers aren't what we expect, even though they're not bad numbers, no. they're not pedestrian by any stretch. I mean, maybe on the basis of his level in the regular season. But if you look at the Sixers when, with him on the floor, plus 10.2 points per 100 possessions without him, minus 6.6. So that pretty much tells the story. Obviously, James Harden yes. had a big game. Yes, four, he did. But it wasn't just James Harden. It wasn't just Houston Harden, as we call him. H-Down <laughs> Harden, because he looked like H-Down Harden in game four. Uh, what really is the big story is not only Embiid's return, but 
Miami's poor shooting. Uh, Miami is shooting 25% or worse from behind the arc mm-hmm. in four of the five games, uh, in four of the last five games in the playoffs, including the final game of the Atlanta series. Uh, this is a team, you know, kind of just a little bit above middle of the pack from the three, but they take a lot of threes. They, they take about 30 per game. So if Miami's not hitting those shots, there is certainly a concern. Uh, Miami only averaged 100.5 points per 100 possessions in the two games in Philly, 22.2% beyond the arc. And, and, you know, you could think, okay, one game, okay, you go on the road, you're going to shoot poorer than you are at home. And then you did it again. And some of it, I think, is the fact that Joel Embiid is obviously back defensively. That's where I think he's really making the difference. And he's opening up the offense. Philadelphia, 117.6 per 100 possessions in the non-garbage time minutes at home in those two games. So it seems like Uncle Mo is kind of moving a little bit to Philadelphia. I took Miami in the series before Embiid was announced to be missing the first two games at minus 170. Not feeling as good about it right now. Uh, small lean to the over here, but as of now, no bet for me. Our guy Danny Burke in Chicago was uh, kidding with Danny about this. Like, you know, hey, just keep chucking them up there, Miami, in game four. The next one's bound to go in, mm-hmm. and they just never did. So, look, you waste a 40-burger from Jimmy Butler. My question would be if you're a Coach Spo. Do you tell those guys to stop shooting the three? Or to your point, that's kind of the makeup of their offense. And you have to hope, as you would say, you know, water kind of hits, hits its level, finds its level here, and mm-hmm. they start to make more of those. Because clearly they're giving Philadelphia's Miami the opportunity to knock these down from beyond the arc. They're just not doing it. I don't know really what you can change from a game plan standpoint if you're Spo, but one thing that's got to happen is Bam Adebayo's got to be better. He does. Joel Embiid, I think, has done a very good job of neutralizing him, if not taking him away altogether in the last two games, getting him into foul trouble, you know, forcing him to take tough shots. Obviously, it's been uh, much more of a struggle for Bam down low, so... He's got to get back to what he was in game one and game two, or at least somewhat close to that level. The proof's just in the pudding with the numbers and whatnot. So, uh, you know, Embiid has made the difference defensively, as we know. Harden, H-Town Harden was back in game four. And then Maxi, I think, has been kind of solid at certain points. Tobias Harris, Danny Green was huge in game three because he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in the first two <laughs> games down in South Beach. But in game three, all of a sudden, he started to hit threes. Uh, so Miami, look, you, it's tough to really, like, change your stripes necessarily yeah. midstream when you're in game five of the conference semifinals. So you do still got to do a little bit of chuck and duck from the three, but the bottom line is Bam Adebayo has got to be better. And no question about it. And you mentioned it with James Harden. When he put Plays like that, they're going to be really tough to beat. Like, if you can get old James, and I've been critical of James so far in this postseason, like, if this is now healthy James Harden, and we have no reason to believe that he's not healthy, then this is what you're going to get. You have not been getting these type of performances. Just keep him out of the king of diamonds uh, before game (laughs) five. That's all uh, Doc Rivers and company got to do. And my other concern for Miami would be Kyle Lowry. You can tell visibly that he is not 100%. He's mm-hmm. really trying to gut it out up there, but you need Kyle Lowry to be as close to, to 100%, only one day off in between game four and game five. And I'm also interested if Spo maybe goes a little deeper in the bench. I think since Oladipo has returned, yeah, that has better. kind of minimized uh, Duncan Robinson, who was a regular but rotation player. What happened player. to him? And I know Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, neither of those guys are really great individual one-on-one defenders, but – I, I got you, you need shooting. If you and, can't and knock down three, yeah, don't you, you have to get Robinson on the exactly. floor? I think so too. I mean, you know, you're playing Tyler Hero all these minutes yeah. and he's kind of a defensive liability. So 
you know, you got to sacrifice something. So I am a little bit surprised that Duncan Robinson's been painted on the bench for Miami. Let's go out west, and all of a sudden, again, it's like tennis right now. Both the home teams have held serve, right? Phoenix wins the first two at home. Dallas comes back, surprises many, by winning the last two on their racket. Now, the difference that I've noticed between game one and two and three and four is in Phoenix, Luka was sensational. Over 40, and they lose. And then in games three and four, he's not the leading scorer for the team. It's Jalen Brunson, and they win. So does this show you the key here if you're Dallas? And that's, hey, Luka's Luka. He's great. Mm -hmm. But when he has to go out there and put on a Giannis-type performance, they don't win. They win when the other guys, i.e. Jalen Brunson, get more involved. Can they keep that mentality out west today against Phoenix and really maybe put a surprise into the Suns? Well, if you look, Dallas averaging just under 118 points per 100 possessions, shooting 41% from the three. And we kind of have talked about this in the preview of the series before it even began. Dallas got to hit a bunch of threes. That's what they did against Utah. This is a team that's going to take over 43s a game. If they can make 16 of them or more, then they're probably going to win. Meanwhile, it's Phoenix that's had the offensive problems the last two games. Remember, the shot making in the first two games were so good. It's like, I don't know if Dallas is unreal. Yeah, it's like Dallas just can't keep up with these guys. And then Phoenix goes down there to Big D. 106.2 106.2 per 100 possessions and just shooting poorly on mid range, shooting poorly on the long twos. Of course, we know Chris Paul got in that foul trouble. That was a pretty poorly officiated game, I think, on game four, not just because Chris Paul was put in the foul trouble, but Phoenix, you could tell without him though, over the last three games, they turned the ball over quite a bit 17.2% of their offensive possessions, and Dallas can make you pay off live steals and get those transition threes, uh, get a guy the extra pass over to the corner, and they're going to go ahead and knock it down, whether it's Kleber, whether it's Brunson, mm-hmm. whether it's Luka. They've got several guys. Dorian Finney-Smith was the guy great. that was really huge yep. on Sunday in game four. He hit eight threes. So, yeah, I, I think if you look, Phoenix has got to find a way to take care, better care of the ball. I got to think the game might be officiated differently where Chris Paul's not getting put in foul trouble and they're getting put in jail so soon. So, Small lean to Phoenix, but I think that this number is about right here. I don't know. Uh, Dallas is one of those tricky teams that's like they're always dangerous. Remember how they almost backdoored? And I, was it game one or game two where they almost got in the back Game door? one? Yeah. Like huge Yeah, where they were down big, yeah. and then all of a sudden they're making it really close. Uh, and because of the three-point shot, and look, that's what Dallas is forced to do. They don't have anybody down low right. that can really go with DeAndre Ayton. So you're seeing their big guys like Kleber and those guys. They're going to step out and shoot. And that's exactly what Dallas is going to do. They're not necessarily running a fast pace necessarily. I think a much faster pace series is correlated with Phoenix getting the cover. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing you could do tonight. If you like the Suns, you're probably going to like the over. If you like the Mavs getting the six or the six and a half, you're more than likely going to like the under. Uh, I do not know. Maybe Matt Santos, our crack producer, can find out. I like to fade the Suns when they wear those hideous black uniforms. At yeah, home. yeah, I don't like those. Awful. I, I go, go with the purple and the yeah, orange. I mean, go with the main. What are you doing, Phoenix? You got. Great color schemes, and you ruin mm-hmm. it with that. I'll get off my lawn now. When we come back, let's go back to the NFL. Look at some win totals in both the AFC and the NFC. I cannot wait. We're getting closer and closer to football season. Yeah, not there yet, but we're getting there. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on these and the Sports Betting Network.
The VEASAN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers are going to have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily best MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. We mentioned the top story uh, at the beginning of the show today. That, of course, Tom Brady, the GOAT is going to be retiring from football someday. And when he does, he's going to go to Fox Sports and be a lead analyst. Now, Wes Reynolds is already on record saying that he does not believe that's going to affect the Buccaneers at all. Now, their win total in the NFC is the highest in the conference at 11.5. How about this? Second, my Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, America's team. They are 10.5, tied with the Packers, 10.5, and the defending reigning Super Bowl champion, Rams at 10 and a half. Cardinals, ooh, they're going to get to 10? Good luck. Niners, by the way, have just said that they're going to try to trade Jimmy G. Surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. before training camp. We'll see if that gets done. Vikes, KC8 is back. We talked about Jameis Winston back in New Orleans. And then comes those, look at those teams in the NFC East. you got the Eagles, Fly Eagles, Fly 8.5. G-Men, 7.5. Commanders, 7.5. And, and then we get to the also-rans, in the north with the Bears at six and a half, the Lions at six and a half, back to the south with the Panthers at five and a half, and then Seahawks five and a half. And the lowest on the board, the ATL four and a half. Any numbers jump out to you right away and say, yeah, if I was going to do anything early and get the quote unquote best of the number, I'm going to go X. Well, the schedule release is going to be official on Thursday. We've kind of seen like little bits and pieces. It's like, okay, we'll give you a little taste here. We'll give you like a, <laughs> like a prefix menu at a, at a restaurant, right. basically. And uh, it got announced today. I think it's going to be uh, Broncos Rams on Christmas Day oh. on CBS and uh, Nickelodeon. So we'll get the holiday oh, theme, the red and green slime uh, for that game. <laughs> Broncos and Rams uh, will go at it on Christmas Day. Looking at, and you mentioned the Buccaneers, like we were talking about, okay, Okay, is this Tom Brady thing going to be like one foot out the door? I don't really think so. I think what's going to be maybe tougher for Tampa Bay is that they do at least currently based on the ratings, and that's just based on the opponent's record from the 2021 season, is that Tampa Bay has the fourth toughest schedule in the league. You right. look, obviously, they're going to play the South, six divisional games, but they pair up with the NFC West in terms of in the interconference of the NFC. So they get the Rams and, and Seattle. Seattle, by the way, that game will be played in Munich. Sure. And then they go to Arizona and San Francisco. You also get the AFC North, and and there's not really a bad team of the bunch no. in that division necessarily. You gotta, so you got to play Baltimore, Cincinnati, you got to play Cleveland, you got to play Pittsburgh. In terms of the interconference opponent, they drew the Kansas City Chiefs Ooh. at home. And then they also got to play Green Bay at home. Then they also got to go to Dallas. So Whoa. it's not like Tampa Bay is getting, okay, games with the Giants or games no. with the Bears or somebody like that where it's like, okay, that's probably a likely win, you know, barring disaster or a lot of injuries. So 
Tampa Bay, you look at the strength of schedule, the fourth toughest strength of schedule, the toughest, that would be the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Uh, at, uh, I believe, the opponent combined winning percentage was 56.7%. So, And also the Rams, it's always a tough spot, too, and we saw it play out with Tampa Bay, even though they had a very good season. When you win, and then it's like, okay, we got to try to run it back. It's tough. Sometimes you lose a little bit of that edge, you know, when you're trying to run it back to back. And and, it, and the Rams aren't like Tampa Bay, where they brought essentially the whole team back. Yeah, Bobby Wagner comes yeah, in. Rams have blood. had some changes. Vaughn Miller's gone. Yep. Odell Beckham is gone. Andrew Whitworth is now retired. So you add Allen Robinson basically to replace OBJ. So. You look at that at that Rams schedule. They got to play. They draw the Buffalo Bills, who are one of, if not the favorites, in the AFC. They got to play the AFC West, which we all believe is cool. arguably the toughest division the in all the NFL. There. And then they got to play Dallas at home. They got to go to Green Bay, and then they draw the NFC South. So that means they got to play Tampa on the road. So. You know, I haven't bet anything on the win totals yet, and I'm going to wait until the schedule because obviously you got to wait a lot for the dynamics, even though we know the opponents. Mm -hmm. You got to wait and see okay, does a team got to play, you know, a short week where they win? Do they play Thursday night football right. after they've played on <laughs> Sunday? Or do they have two or three road games in a row? Or what's mm -hmm. the travel? Because once that's released on Thursday, we're going to get like the travel mileage, right? No we're doubt. Gonna, this team's got to travel 15,000 miles, and this team's only got to travel 8,000 miles throughout the entire season so the nuances are going to be there in that schedule you know if you have tv game after tv game after tv game in a row and then you kind of go play a lowly opponent on a one o'clock you know regional game sunday afternoon sometimes that's a fade spot for that big time team off a lot of big games no question about it by the way steve mackin does a great job of points spread weekly each and every week he does uh, incredible numbers about those teams that travel over to london now we got munich this year so again as the season goes you have to be listening and reading points spread weekly each week for the very best information there i will have this barred from the record what am i about to say uh in case it ever gets played back for me but what am i missing with the eagles at eight and a half as a Cowboy fan, I, I really can't play the Eagles. But my goodness, in a down division, I got to get to nine for a team that was a playoff team a year ago after what Philadelphia did in the draft and, and trading for A.J. Brown? I mean, it, it just feels like that it just sticks out like a sore thumb to me, Wes, yeah. that they're double-dog daring me to take the Eagles over. Now, again, a good conscience, I can't do it. But if you're playing out there, America – how do you not load up on Philadelphia? And, fly Eagles fly to get over Based on the record last year, the 30th easiest schedule. I mean, what out am I of missing there? Two teams. So no, I'm with you because if you look, them and Dallas are really there's a separation. And by the way, Dallas tied for last in terms of the easiest schedule, T31. So uh, maybe some good fortune for your Ooh. guys. But you know, there's a separation between those two teams and the Giants and Washington. Then you get an NFC North where you've got two teams still rebuilding Chicago and Detroit. Who knows what Green Bay is going to be? You never want to totally throw them out because they've still got number 12 and he can but still make things happen. But they have a lot of happen. question marks at receiver. But yeah, he's, you know, what's around him? Is there enough around him for there to compete and, and make a run in the mm -hmm. NFC playoffs and maybe the Super Bowl? Minnesota, new head coach, new general manager. I believe this is a contract year for Kirk Cousins. So. Who knows what that team, that team I think should be better though with Kevin O'Connell as coach rather than Mike Zimmer. But then you look, the Eagles schedule does get a little easier and really the entire NFC East because they match up I with mean, the AFC South. 
I, I just think and who really scares you right now in the AFC South? Nobody. Even my Indianapolis Colts, they don't scale you. It's no. almost kind of like a battle of attrition. It's like, well, one of those two teams, Indy or Tennessee, is going to win this. Thing. And I think you and I, we try to do this. And again, we got a long way to go before week one. But with these totals out there right now at BetMGM, like to me, there are numbers that are playable. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think the Eagles right now at eight and a half would be a playable scenario there. You mentioned the Cowboys. And again, it's a big number. Got to get to 11. But Yeah, Cowboys are always going to be priced to the moon in this market, too. So, I, you know, those do stand out to me, and that's a good spot by you, obviously. I want to wait and see what the order of these opponents okay. are, you know, because there's always that, okay, short week, come off a Monday night game, come off a Monday night win, or you come off a big win on Sunday night football. So there's always those little schedule dynamics or those little quirks that I think really play into this, even though we know all the opponents for all the teams. Let me ask you about the commanders very quickly at seven and a half for my brethren back there in DC, because Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, their defense last year kind of let them down. Now they did have stretches in the second half of the season where they got back to being, I think the defense they thought they bring in Carson Wentz this year. I don't know if we like what they did at the draft. They went out and got Jahan Dotson out of uh, Penn state. They traded down with a very talented wide receiver core in the draft. Again, their number is at seven and a half for all the reasons that we just talked about with the Eagles and the Cowboys are the commanders a a, a weight spot for you? Or do you trust that the defense gets righted this year with two guys that you would think Rivera Del Rio that would know what to do with the defense? Yeah, they were a team that I bet under last year and uh, went under by half a game. I just thought maybe people were thinking, okay, this team, you know, they're right there because they had made the playoffs and, you know, they were competitive against the eventual Super Bowl champion Buccaneers, but they had such a tough schedule uh, last year. Now it looks like at least on paper, it's a much easier schedule uh, because like I mentioned, playing the AFC South teams, mm-hmm. none of those teams really scare you. They draw Atlanta at home and then at San Francisco, they also get Cleveland at home. They also play the NFC North. So there's a lot more winnable games, at least on paper for the commanders. And you mentioned the defense disappointed. I think this is one of the better defenses. This is one of the more underrated defenses in the league. I know they disappointed. They had some injuries last year too, obviously with young going out, but you know, can maybe Carson Wentz be stabilizing? Like the guy really didn't turn it over when you look at the numbers all that much, but he just kind of did it in big spots <sighs> and just came up lame when they really needed him. They really needed him in Jacksonville. You win that game, you get in the playoffs, and he played one of his worst games of the season. Really, the entire team did, but they got to have another <laughs> second option step up besides Terry McLaurin. Yep. So who is going to be maybe that guy? Maybe That's going to be interesting. But uh, the Commanders maybe are one of those potential surprise teams, though. All I know is this. When Carson Wentz left Philadelphia and got traded to Indianapolis, I said, no, that should not be allowed as a Cowboy fan. So I'm glad that Carson Wentz is back in the NFC East this year. Albeit. So you can pound on him a little more, right? Let's go get him. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to go to New York City, catch up with the King of New York, Will Hill, on these in the Sports Betting Network.
BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using the code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets. When you place a $10 money on wager in any MLB game and either team hits a home run regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the king of sportsbooks. Eligible restrictions do apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. It must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is now with free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here on the Lombardi line. Here on VEASAN, we mentioned earlier that Kyle Lowry was visibly hobbling mm-hmm. in game four. And I, I theorized, but I don't know how much he'll be able to give it a go tonight. He won't be able to give it a go tonight. So that is officially in that Kyle Lowry is out. Yeah, that's a kind of a reason why I think we saw at least a little bit of drop there. I think uh, Sixers money was coming anyway. Maybe Joel Embiid in this spot. Uh, the Joel Embiid revenge game on the MVP voters. We shall see because I didn't think Kyle Lowry was really worth a point in the no. market. And the other breaking news we mentioned off the top of the show, Tom Brady, once he does retire, will be signing on with Fox Sports as a lead analyst. Particulars are coming in, Wes Reynolds. Would you like to tell America the price tag that it comes with getting Tom Brady to stop playing football and then talk about football? This from uh, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, who is the media reporter for that publication. Uh, Ten-year deal for Tom Brady with Fox Sports for $375 million. I'm sorry. Ten years... $375 $375 million for yes. Tom Terrific to talk about football. Yes. And probably host like the Mass Singer or something oh like God. that what, or what? various other projects for Fox. I got to get my agent on the phone. Let's bring in Will Hill. He is, of course, our recent contributor and Point Spread Weekly writer. Um, Will, have you ever heard of such a thing? 10 years, 375 and yet, you still have another job, and this job that we're talking about hasn't even started yet. I mean, the guy's going to get buried with more money than he could ever spend. I mean, I, I really regret now not being a seven-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. I really missed the boat on that one. My goodness. And look, people are going to watch these games with Packers, Cowboys. People are going to watch or they're not going to watch. They're not going to say, oh, who's the announcer? Oh, Brady's doing the game. Let me watch it. That's mm-hmm. uh, Look, these teams, th- these networks have more money than they can ever spend, so uh, I guess if you're spending billions to get the product, you just put your best announcers forward. But look, Brady's never a guy who ever says anything in these interviews, too. He's very, you know what, we got to focus on this week. A lot of cliche. So I don't know how good it'll be. Boy, that's uh, that's a lot of money. Very interesting. Yeah, and that's an interesting point that Will brings up because I made an observation last night. I was watching, of course, uh, Turner Sports has both not only the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. but they've also been having the NHL playoffs. So you've been seeing these like cool little crossovers. And then when you add the baseball yeah. crew, like Pedro Martinez and those guys. So like when you see like Barkley crossover with the hockey and like <laughs> he kind of, you know, is good on that show. And it's like, this is cool to see like hockey guys mixed with basketball guys and whatnot. But Barkley obviously has been established as one of the great media no personalities doubt. for years. So we'll see if Tom Brady can do the same. But, uh, you know, that's the secret. That's the uh, potion that will figure it out. Be a seven-time Super Bowl winner. And, and then we get 10, get 10 for 375. Uh, by the way, he's also doing the match this weekend here in, in Las Vegas playing golf, too. So Brady's everywhere. Uh, will, he, we mentioned that Kyle Lowry's out tonight for the Miami Heat in that pivotal game five against Philadelphia. Does that change or affect the handicap that you have at all? for this game tonight? 
Yeah, I think it helps Miami because I don't think he was giving them a lot. He was more of a, a minus than he was a plus. Uh, he was clearly hampered. Uh, I think they went at a lot of him, went at him a lot, you know, defensively. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Miami does. Do they dust off Duncan Robinson here and get more shooting out there? As long as you don't play him and Hero together, maybe you play some zone. I just think Miami's desperate to get more three-point shooting out on the floor. I'll be interested to see if they put up any Duncan Robinson props. Uh, it's tough because he hasn't been playing. I mean, he hasn't even been playing in garbage time. So that might be the adjustment. I don't think Lowry's given him a lot to me to move the line a point off. You know, his performance is uh, a reach at best. Maybe people are just betting Philly just to bet Philly because, it, like you said, the Embiid thing, not winning the MVP. Uh, and Phillies look like the better team. I mean, the, the Embiid hard and pick and roll is really difficult to stop. Uh, Miami just doesn't look like part of a one seed, whether it's lack of three point shooting. You know, they foul a lot. Philly has a habit of getting to the line. Uh, I know Miami's a one seed, but to me, Philly uh, seriously has some advantages in this series, in this game. I, I kind of think they're going to win this series and move on. I took them plus three. I would still take them plus two and a half. I like Philly tonight. No, that's a good point that you make, Will, too, is if uh, Lowry's going to be out. Do they let Tyler Hero mm. kind of run the point a little bit more? Now he'll platoon a little bit with Gabe Vincent off the bench, but I got to think that this has got to, you know, open it up a little bit for Duncan Robinson, oh who's been a total non-factor and not really hardly played in this series. And you look at what Miami has been doing from the three. If you go back, what did I mention? 22.2% uh, from beyond the arc just in the two games in Philadelphia. Take it back to the final game in the first round series against Atlanta, like 25%. So you got to think, you got to open it up a little bit and have uh, Duncan Robinson out there. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll do a little recap of last night's game and then maybe play it forward to the next game tomorrow night because I know you have a play on that. Uh, Bucks and Celtics, uh, Al Horford, the adult in the room comes up as the adult in the room, 30 points last night, including uh, a few threes, a couple big ones in the fourth quarter game did go way over the total though. One sixteen, one Oh eight, the final score Celtics to get the cover. And then it goes over two thirteen and a half, but you think it's going to revert back to the form that we've seen so far in this series. And you like the under tomorrow night. Yeah, I've been playing the unders every which way team total first half full game. And I hit the first half last night. It was like 48, 47. It was yep. you know, way on pace to go under. And then boy, I, there was a stretch there in the second half where neither team could miss three pointers, you know, and ones, you name it. And it sails way over. Uh, I think this though, I think, you know, game sevens in the NBA have uh, a habit, a history of going under. And I think a game five when it's two, two is basically yes. a de facto game seven. Yeah. I think this is, you know, the winner of this game five wins the series, I think 81% of the time. So um, I, I would expect a slower tempo tomorrow, you know, more careful shot selection, intense defense. Uh, again, they've adjusted now to one game here. Maybe that's because Robert Williams is injured. They bumped it back up here to 14 and a half. I will go with the under uh, as far as the side, the five and a half looks a little high here for a, a series. That's been pretty evenly matched. I mean, it's been back and forth. Milwaukee could easily be up three games to one. Now Boston can look and say, Hey, we could have won game three, uh, but Milwaukee was up what 12 or 13 in the second half yesterday. They have the best player in Giannis. Uh, this should be, this is look, this is a classic series. I think this is going seven, the five and a half looks a little high and I will take the under two fourteen and a half. and a half. Yeah. Dave, I want to kind of expand upon what will said there in game fives, those game five unders did go under in the first round. And that's usually, I think the way to play it in the NBA. And I would be aboard with him just waiting to see if this goes up a little bit more. Now I got to see if I can get bold enough to try it in hockey where oh. we have the two to two game fives tonight. Of course, we've got 
Boston and Carolina, St. Louis and Minnesota, Man. Tampa Bay and Toronto, L.A. and Edmonton, all 2-2 two -two series. I believe six of the eight series went 2-2. Two -to -two. Of course, wow. Colorado finished off Nashville last night. And then the uh, blue shirts, uh, both Will and I were on the blue shirts last night. Oof. Very, very bad performance Dang. against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh now up 3-1. to one. And uh, I know the goalie's taking some, but those defensemen were playing matador defense with the pucks going at him. And Shesterskin never had a chance, Will. Yeah, I think the Penguins just scored again, by the way, as that, that was 7-2 <laughs> last night. Uh, Will, we got a couple minutes to go. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, uh, because you are the king of New York, the Kings right now in Major League Baseball, the New York Metropolitans. And I know that uh, Tyler Miguel is going to go back in the bump today in D.C. against uh, Patrick Corbin. And you like the Mets to get the bats going against the lefty who's been booed in the nation's capital. Is this a great spot for the Metropolitans today? Yeah, I took Mets team total over. It's either four, four and a half. It fluctuates in some spots, but uh, boy, you mentioned Corbin. He Ooh. look, he's got a fat contract. He helped them win a World Series. He was great in 2019 for them, pitching short rest out of the bullpen. He has basically been batting practice since the beginning of last year. Velocity <laughs> way down. You look at all of his numbers: exit velocity, spin rate, uh, everything. You name it. He's the bottom of the league in everything. I would expect the Mets, the Mets tonight with the, to get the bats going, uh, you know, warmer weather here on the East coast. Finally, we're getting into the 60s, 70s. It's been really cold here on the East coast. It's not good for offense. Uh, I would expect the Mets to get the bats going here and score five or six runs tonight off of Corbin. Well, about a little, little over a minute to go here. I want to get your thoughts on the AT&T Byron Nelson, because I think you got a longer shot this week that you like mm -hmm. that did pop on some of my models, still finishing my column for point spread weekly, which will come out tomorrow. And one guy that popped out over the last 24 rounds was one Kurt Kitayama, the former UNLV running rebel golfer. Yeah, I took uh, Kitayama first round leader and to win outright. Uh, I just think, look, he, he's played pretty well lately. He's been a little inconsistent, but he finished 15th last week. I think at Wells Fargo, you know, finished second, finished third. Uh, look, he, he hasn't broken through to win on the PGA, but he has a few uh, wins in the European tour. So uh, I like that price. You can get him, I think 125, 130 to one, some, some really outlandish prices on Kitayama. So uh, hoping my guy break th breaks through here. No, I think he's got a chance. Well, and Dave uh, guys, usually when I do the model, I go last 36 rounds, last 24 it's rounds, well. last 24 rounds, Kitty. I was like top five in every statistic I looked at. You guys going to nibble on uh, Phil Mickelson in a couple weeks? No, thank you. No. <laughs> there he is, everybody. Will Hill. Follow him on Twitter as I do at NotTheWillHill. When we come back, let's talk more Major League Baseball with Les and I right here in the Lombardi Line on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. 